Welcome back. It's your host Laws in the building. Uh, we got Jeff. We got Aaron. Rocking out today. Got a lot of topics to discuss. Uh, it was a busy day. A lot going on in uh, wild world of sports. Um, we got it was a trade deadline for the NBA, so we definitely want to uh, get into some of the trades uh, right off the bat. We're going to just, you know, kind of change up the, the order of things a little bit as we talk about these different topics that we got lined up. But uh, the Wizards went ahead and traded a protected first round pick to get Markeith Morris. Uh, at, and they got rid of Chris Humphreys and Dewan Blair in, in, in the trade for Marquise Morris from the, from the Phoenix Suns. And if you know about the Phoenix Suns, it started Marquis Morris was a little blown because his brother, uh, they got rid of his brother um, and he came into the season, they they took less money and basically he was disgruntled from the start. Once they uh, kind of shafted him, they uh, on, the, on the contract and like not keeping his brother and you know, basically adhering to their, I guess, whatever backdoor agreement that they had for the for for him. And so the band was like, he was wilding out giving the middle finger to fans. He got an altercation with one of his teammates. Uh, I can't even think. Y'all, y'all know who the teammate he had got an altercation with? It was, uh... Not uh sure. I think the rookie, uh, what's his name, from Kentucky, Goodwin? I think it was Archie Goodwin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark oh, he not Goodwin. a, he not yeah, a rookie yeah. now. He not a rookie now, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah got, in, got yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, Archie yeah. Goodwin. Yeah, yeah, got into it with him. You know, a little, little seven match. Try to choke him out. I don't know exactly, but... Uh... <laughs> That whole situation kind of spiraled out of control. And I guess, you know, they were trying to get him out of the door as quickly as they can. Um, the Wizards went ahead and made that trade today at the trade deadline, which was at 3 o'clock. Uh, what do y'all think of the trade? I mean, I had my thoughts on it, but I'd I like to hear what you what you thought of the trade, Jeff. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what to think of it, man. I mean, the fact that uh, we gave up a, a first round pick. I mean, I know it's protected, but like, what does that mean? I mean, we're pretty much, as far as I believe, I think we'll still have a chance to make the playoffs. So, I mean, if he, if that's our first round pick, I mean, we could use that pick. So, I, you know, and Marquise Morris, he's a, he's a, he's an okay player, but I think he's a better player on a team that's good. I mean, I don't know, you know, how he could help take our team to the next level. So. When you look at that, and when you look at the fact that we gave up a first-round pick, like I, you know, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I, I don't see. I didn't see it. Aaron, what, what would you think? I mean, pretty much the same thing as Jeff. I just don't understand why you throw in the first-round pick. It's like we're always giving up extra to take somebody's stress on. Um, and obviously, they wanted to get rid of him because of the issues that both of y'all stated. I just don't understand why Chris Humphreys, Dewan, uh, was it? Uh, Blair, Blair, I think. Dewan Blair. And the first round pick. It just it doesn't make sense yeah. to me, but that's Ernie and that's what Ernie does. So <laughs> I guess we should have expected that. Yeah, I mean it it, it really I mean Marquis Morris is not a bad player. He's twenty six years old. He has upside. He's six ten. He can shoot outside. I mean, to me, he's a he's a younger, more vibrant. Uh, uh, Drew Gooden, in my opinion, like he just he just got a little more, you know, a little more athleticism. But to me, he's Drew Gooden. Um, I mean, can he be serviceable? I mean, I, I believe so. I know he's cheap. I know he's only making eight million, and it's not really hurting the cap to have him on the team. Uh, but I'm 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 kind of leaning with you guys. I mean, I would I would like to know what a protected first round pick actually is because you know protected what one to five like we get the if we get you know one if we end up in the the first five picks is that that protected or is it you know one to three or is it if we get the first round pick only like i don't right that's 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 my thing i I would like clarification on that because (laughs) one through nine typically one through nine yeah okay okay because i was gonna say typically i know as you know, they'll say the first one through three or something, or a lottery protected. But yeah, the fact that they didn't say it, but one through nine, yeah, okay. 
<laughs> so I mean, the, I, I, I mean, is it the it, end it, of the it, world? It, like, if it's one through nine, though. I mean, thinking about it, like at this point, like, now I this still is, don't know well, why they the threw it in, but. So I'll tell you why they threw it in. I'll tell you why they threw it in. Because the Suns probably told him, we're not going to give you, you, you can't get him unless you give us something worth it. Because we don't want Dwan Blair and Chris Humphreys. Like, these <laughs> Bammers are throwaway Bammers. We don't want them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, me personally, I think Chris Humphreys was misused. I mean, I know he had knee issues or whatever, whatever. But I just think he was misused. And I think for whatever reason, something happened where he didn't get along with Randy Whitman and something went awry. And since that, he's just been in a doghouse because, like, Chris Humphreys, from my estimation, like, should be playing a four over uh, uh, your boy who be playing, who's really a three, <laughs> but they be put, playing him at the four. Uh, what was his name? When we was we was arguing about him last week because he, he was like, he got the best three point, the third three point shooting. Oh, Dudley. In the, in the league. <laughs> Dudley, man. Yeah, Dudley. Like, and, and this is the thing. The reason Dudley's on the team is because he's a good character guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? As far as he meshing with, with the personalities, that's why. Chris Humphreys had to do something. When he didn't get no minutes in the playoffs last year, when the Nay was, was logging in all these minutes, playing terrible, and Chris Humphreys at the, at the end of the, line, at end of the uh, bench in a, in a jumper, like in his warm-up suit, I, I just couldn't understand it. So clearly the Suns were like, we know you don't want them anyway, so you gotta make it work that wild. And in Ernie Grunfeld special fashion, this Bama threw away a first round pick. Now you might say, giving away a first round pick, we don't necessarily the, the chances of us getting a player at the caliber of Marquise Morris is not not highly likely. You know? But then again, you don't you don't know. So I, I I can see rationale behind like bringing him on. He doesn't cost you anything. He uh, he is he is uh, an up and coming you know player who's serviceable that you can plug and play right away. He adds depth to your team and value to your team. You know, especially for two guys you're not you're not even using and Dwan Blair and Chris Humphreys at all. So I, I, from that end, you get somebody you can actually play on the floor. But I just don't know. I mean, you, you know what I wish? You lose those. You know what I? What's up? You know what I wish? I wish that, uh, like, like Aaron always talks about it. I, I wish they could have threw Nene in that trade. Then I, I wouldn't have cared about the first round protected. You know? <laughs> they could have threw Nene in there to get him off right now. Uh, we don't even need to wait till the end of the season. Like that, that would have been good. But you know, other than that, yeah, I, I just don't know where you go as. The, the Wizards organization, like, dude, I, I know they're trying to clear cap space to try to bring on KD. I, I mean, I don't know how realistic they really think that that, that option really is. Like, I, I don't, I, I would like to know who is advising Ernie Grunfeld in these matters. Like, I sent out an email to the Batman today trying to tell him <laughs> Steer clear, like don't do nothing stupid. But I don't even know if it was here because you can't even find these executives uh, email Jones. I just saw that Jones. I it might be him. It didn't get returned back. So, <laughs> but you gotta. This is to me. This is a safe move for the Wizards. It's safe because I think Marquis Morris, like he's going to be serviceable. Like you're gonna. Gonna see now if this Batman be at the strip clubs and nightclubs and he get hemmed up out in the streets in the right, you know, having issues, uh, then you know, I take everything back right now. But just from a, a perspective uh, of like him being a, a prospect, I, I like Marcus Morris. Like, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing having him on our team on this roster with you know what we have. Now, this still doesn't get us out the second round of the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to go and high-five Ernie Grunfeld for this move because, to me, it's not a high-five type of move. Now, if he would have made a move and got DeMarcus Cousins here, I don't care if he got rid of the whole squad and it was just John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. I I would be a lot happier. Like, I just I just really would. Um, I don't know if that was even an option or if, even it, or if he even attempted to try to make that happen. But I hope that they did. I mean, you know how it is in this city. 
like five years from now, you hear about what could have, should have, would have been. You know what I'm saying? The Kobe Bryant job, we could have got Kobe and, you know, the trade for Gilbert and all this other stuff. So who knows what have come out I said, um, uh, as time like passes. My, uh, my thing is, or I guess in terms of what you're saying, that's the reason why the only reason I'm like, I don't, I don't really understand the pick. Like why? Because, uh, you know, Marcus uh, or Marquise Morris isn't taking you to another next step. So like, why? Like you're, you're, even though the chances aren't high, like you said, there's still a chance that if you draft someone that it could be still like an unknown, like, whereas you know what you're going to get from him and he can't really, you know, he's not going to bolt you to that next level. So that's, that's the only issue I have with the thing. Cause I mean, I guess one through nine isn't that terrible because at the end of the day, we've had, you know, a couple recent first round higher draft picks and, and you know, they're still in the works or still in development. So like the fact that it, it would be after 10, I mean, you're like, okay, but the fact that we know what Morris is already going to give us, like he's not, like his upside, he's, he has a little bit more, but not a ton, and he's not going to kind of get you over any humps, even in the <clears> East, so that's my only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we're going to see, man, we're going to see. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out when... John Wall and and Marquise Morris and Bradley Bill and all of these guys on the floor together. Um, yeah, I mean, if he if he's averaging fifteen and seven, that helps the team. I mean, if you can play Nene less, you can play uh, Nene less minutes. That helps the team. Uh, yeah, I know his numbers have dipped a little bit, but. Uh, I mean, isn't I don't know, man. I just be scratching my head with Ernie Grunfeld and the <laughs> that he be making every time, man. I scratch my head. But speaking of ex Wizards, Gilbert Arenas, and I and I, I know I just mentioned him. Uh, put out there, <laughs> put an Instagram picture out there. First of all, Gilbert Arenas. I just gotta say, this battle might be the funniest dude on Instagram uh, or any social media <laughs> at all. Because this Bama is a complete fool. He put out a picture, and uh, the picture is a picture of Kobe Bryant. You, you probably can look it up. But he got a picture of Kobe Bryant sitting on the bench, and uh, he's like, I want to watch Kobe's, you know, final final home home games. So, like, why don't y'all hook me up with a 10-day contract so that he can sit on the bench? But then he doesn't just say he want to sit on the bench anywhere. He's like, I don't want to sit next to uh, Swaggy P and some of these sorry, like these other sorry players. And he was like, <laughs> I mean, the dude is just, he's just talking reckless. He was like, yeah, don't put me next. Said, don't sit me next to Nick or Hibbert. They they got Down syndrome. <laughs> and, I'm, and it looks like he's catching. So the bab is like frying them or whatever. And he's like, he's like, uh, what else he say? He said, not paying top dollar to catch uh, what them it's got uh, just as long as I'm I'm on the left side, uh, left side of the big head. <laughs> Sacre, Sacre, what how you say Sarce? What is his name? I think oh. it's Sacre, Sacre. Yeah, Sacre. He's like, yeah, as long as I'm not next to that big head. Uh, no offense, bruh. I want to see the Mamba, not a life-size bobblehead version. Look, 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 a 10-day contract. Gilbert Arenas is only 34 years old. When he was in the league, I mean, he was a he was a superstar. And I was like, young. I mean, could he still play in the league? Do y'all think y'all think Gilbert Arenas could still be in the league right now? Or oh, is just it's just his days are done. Before you answer that, I want you to just hear a list of some guys that's in the NBA right now that's much older. So you got. Meta World Peace, who he fries, by the way, inside the jump, but he kind of takes it easy because, you know, you know, Meta World Peace see you in the streets, he ain't going to put hands on you. <laughs> but uh, he talks about, uh, I mean, I, you got Joe Johnson, he's 34. 
Jamal Crawford's 35, David West, 35, Luis Scola, 35, Andre Miller's still in the league at 39, Paul Pierce still in the league at 38. You got uh, Kobe still in the league at 37, Vince Carter, like, these are just guys that's in there. And, the, and I mean, and these guys are all, Mono Ginobili, 38. They all older than him. He's 34. There's no way you can tell me that he can't be as serviceable as Vince Carter on the floor. Yeah, I feel like there's two parts to that. Uh, I was a big Gilbert Arenas fan. Well, I still am when he was with the Wizards. Um, and I thought, like usual, he got a raw deal from the fans here. But uh, the first piece is, there's so much back. He'll, it's been proven that he'll say and do anything. He's like so out of control and doesn't care what anybody thinks about what he does. And I don't think uh, a place like here would be a good place for him or not necessarily even here, but uh, it's just the stage he'd be on. You'd have to basically monitor every little thing he does and says, even when it comes to Instagram and social media. The second part is when you were that good as he was, where he was probably a top two or three scorer in the league uh, in his prime and like a superstar and basically a franchise player, a lot of times it's hard for those guys to take on a mindset once they start losing their ability to be able to just take like a reserve role or to be able to come off the bench when it's guys that you feel like were trash when uh, compared to you in your prime, but you kind of have to take a back seat because your, your skill set's diminished. I, I don't think I, I don't think he could still do it. I mean, because like he wouldn't really play. I mean, it, it would be a thing where he kind of, you know, he sat on the bench, maybe he had like a Vince Carter type role, but he would have to be willing to accept that. Like like Aaron mentioned, like I mean, he was one of the top notch players in the league. And so, um, when you when you factor that in, if he would isn't willing to do that, which I, I don't think he would be, um, he, he I don't think he could be on the roster. I mean, and so, um, you know, that's the that's the whole issue you had with Gil. Like everybody knows what Gil was, but once the injury started happening and then of course the whole gun incident you know, they, they couldn't wait to get him out of here. So um, that's kind of how, how it went down. But I, I don't think he could still really get bumped like that in the league. Yeah, I think, I, you know, when it's, Gilbert Arenas is a clown. He's Batman brought guns in the locker room. Like, that can never be forgotten. Like, over a card game. Like, you cannot let this dude, especially when he's shown from a media standpoint, that he just don't, he don't care. Like, he don't care. So, to bring him anywhere near your organization is like is like putting C4 and, and a candle right next to each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just bound to blow up. You know what I'm saying? It's bound to blow up. So, so I, I mean, it's all jokes and stuff. I'm sure that he was putting, you know, doing this little post or whatever. But... I don't know. I just think he don't he he got his money. He don't need he don't need to play basketball. But I think if he was like serious about basketball, I mean, there's players out here that's really trying to work and, and get back in the league and stuff like that. I mean, I think he could do it. But from a social standpoint, it's just like you say, you have to treat this Bama like uh, Greg Hardy and and Des Bryant get him a personal, you know, somebody just walk around with him, make sure he doesn't tweet anything. And, basically have like a, a PR team rep with him the whole time uh, speaking of PR and bad PR uh, Manny Pacquiao Batman was wilding so he, he it wasn't a tweet it was an Instagram he put out um, really bashing homosexuals and, and, and gay and the LBGT community um, by just calling it a sin and basically putting up that uh, they're like animals. Or yeah, uh, yeah, what was the, the direct quote? quote yeah, the quote, the quote was, anybody in the same sex relationship uh, is like an animal. Yeah, so he, he went hard body. He went hard body with, with, the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the comment, but then he retracted it. He uh, took it off of his, you know, his Instagram, pulled it down, and then, uh, you know, he put up basically, you know, an apology saying that he really didn't mean to try to offend. He said the only mistake I made was, you know, I still, you know, meant what I was saying, but I shouldn't have compared them to animals, you know, whatever, whatever. So my my question is, like, if you said it, why why pull it down? 
why why pull it down? Like if you're gonna say something or be bold enough to tweet that or, or, or you know put it on your Instagram or whatever, like why why are you gonna pull it down? I mean he got Nike dropped him because of the comments. Yeah, they ain't waste no time. No time. No time. But yeah, I mean I, it, I, Nah, I was just gonna I, I was just gonna say like the thing about it is, I'm, I'm typically generally with you uh, in terms of that statement. It's like, if you said something or you did something, like, why are you apologizing? Like, you obviously meant it. Like, you obviously didn't think you would get caught or whatever the, you know, scenario is. Um, I do feel as though sometimes, you know, you know, in this day and age with social media, people are quick to, especially athletes, entertainers, are quick to vent without thinking on social media. And by that time, you know, it's out there, it's too late. And so I think, like, him trying to retract it, like you said, he went hard body in the paint. It would be one thing if he just said, like, you know, I don't believe in, you know, same-sex marriages, you know, due to my religion or religious beliefs and left it at that. And versus, like you said, like comparing them to animals. So yeah, that 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 was definitely a big misstep. And so he tried to clean it up, but I think I definitely don't think he went to go meant to go that hard body in the paint. That doesn't even that's not even Manny Pacquiao's personality. But I don't, I don't know what got into him when he when he uh, posted that. Yeah, nah, he definitely he definitely went hard. He went hard body for real. Uh, Aaron, you what you want to say about it? I mean, I felt like he probably took it down because I mean, after Nike was gone, um, he didn't probably didn't know what else the drawback would have been <laughs> after he, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, after those calls, but it's like people have screenshots and stuff of it. It's like you can't make it disappear or go away like it didn't happen. So, um, kind of to reiterate what you all said, once you say it, I mean, you kind of have to stand by it. I feel like you'd be respected more. Um, for making the comments and standing by and then saying them and then cowering behind the pressure of, I guess, whatever the sponsors or whoever else, maybe his PR team or management told him you probably need to take that down. Yeah, uh, well, whoever's a part of their team, I mean, Manny messing the money up. Uh, let me, hey, hey, let me, let me ask y'all this: like, do y'all think that? Because it's always a touchy subject who we see these, uh, you know, these companies drop and for after what reasons? Do y'all think after him making those comments that Nike should have dropped him ASAP like that, like right away? Or, or, or like, or do you think they should have, you know, kind of talked to him about it and, you know, maybe put him on suspension or something or other like that? Like, was, like, because it's like nowadays, you know, people... It's like it's a touchy subject, uh, depending on what your opinion is. Like everything's politically correct. So, um, did Nike? We y'all think they they kind of overdid it, or? There's two groups of people that you can't play with uh, when it comes to comments and, and anything that could be perceived as disrespect. I'm not going to touch on what those two groups are. People pretty much know who they are, but you can't you can't play with them. And if you do, as companies. They have to they have to move as fast as possible. Otherwise, you'll get a bunch of protests and backdoor finagling and manipulation. So you kind of they kind of did what they had to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'll say this. I really don't. I think that a company has a prerogative to do, you know, whatever they whatever they want to do, act however they, they they want to. I mean, Chick-fil-A has has the owner of Chick-fil-A has made, you know, statements about you know, the gay community and stuff like that. And he's kind of stood behind it. And I, even at the expense of backlash and different things like that. So, you know, I mean, people have, you know, make their own decision. But in this circumstance, you, you get, there's a difference between how, what I feel and what I think and the reality of the world that we live in. And if you're going to make comments like this, you better know the reality of the world that we live in is that it's hypersensitive, especially towards you know, gays and lesbians and, 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 and in that community, you know, women's rights, different things like that. You do anything aimed at that community, then they coming for your neck. And you just need to know that ahead of time before you make a statement that bold or, you know, especially when you have that big of a platform, they're going to come at your neck and they're going to keep coming until they draw blood. Like that's just how, that's just the, that's the uh, society that we live in. And it's unfortunate 
that, you know, when it comes to even being outspoken, even if what you're saying is true, like it, it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter in, in our society. Like it, it, if it's offensive or it's deemed offensive and I, and I just have to put this out there. This is just kind of a little side note. But when you start like talking about religion, when you start talking about God, like people have, it's like politics. Like people have strong uh, feelings one way or the or the other with those, that, that whole category that, you know, when you're talking about God, like people will just naturally have animosity. You know what I'm saying? If, if you, if you're inserting what God said or what the Bible says, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just going to draw animosity. If you read the Bible, you'll see that that that's actually normal. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just, that's just a normal uh, aspect of it. It just, it brings animosity from people. And it's not, it's not necessarily the goal of it, but it just does. And so, you know, making strong declarative statements like he made, I mean, he had to know that it was going, it was going to stir up the waters. And and once you stir the waters up, them them uh them shocks coming, though. Them shocks coming. Um uh speaking of since we're in boxing, we're talking about boxing, uh Ronda Rousey was on Ellen DeGeneres show the other day. I don't know if it was yesterday or it was some sometime recently. Uh, basically talking about her fight in different in, in against Holly Holm. And uh, she was basically, you know, going, recounting, you know, her her situation in the ring and how when Holly Holm, and I I actually had to take a, a sidestep, but I, I appreciate Ellen DeGeneres for how she addressed uh, Ronda Rousey because she, she, was, she, she was asking her some tough questions. Like, you know, like, you know, when you got hit, Go you know, how did that feel? Go home. You never got hit before. Like, so she... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah. So when Holly, when Holly, when Holly got like, I mean, Holly, she she hit Ronda Rousey in the in the face, in the lip, and her tooth like made her tooth loose. She said she was di- disoriented, that she her death perception was off and stuff like that. And then she was like, yeah, it was hard, like you know, trying to fight in that you know in that situation where you're disoriented, and then you can't let your opponent know that that uh you know they they've injured you or they hurt you, different things like that. And so. Once she made those statements, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres was like, man, like, you know, that's, that's crazy. Like, you know, how was it? Like, when did you come to? And so she was like, yeah, I was in the hospital. And then she just kind of like broke down. It was like, I, I thought about like my career and like, why did this happen? And I just, I just wanted to like kill myself. And I just, you know, I was just, didn't, I felt so bad about what was happening and stuff like that. And so to me, it was like a little, I'm like, okay, but, she did all that sobbing and and in that moment and people were like clapping for her and stuff like that. But like I remember, because I didn't forget when she, when Ronda Rousey was talking real greasy before the whole fight even started against Holly Holm. Told me I'ma beat you and then And I really felt like all that sweetness and respect leading up to this point was really fake. And I saw it in that moment, and I'm really shook. I'm going to show her what's up on Sunday, and I'm done with all of this. Yeah, I'm ready for every situation. I've had more title fights than non-title fights, and I've been in many more situations than always have been. And I'm more prepared than she is for this, and I'm going to win on Sunday, and everyone's going to see. Um, on Monday morning, um, I love waking up slow, knowing I'm still a champ, and there's nothing to worry about anymore. And it's that that happy relief and i live for that moment i love that moment i mean that's why i do all this and i mean there's many reasons why i do all this after i beat holly and i look around i mean it's the most amazing feeling and then i realize like this is my place in the world and i and i love it and i'm great at this i'm the best at this and i can't wait to get back in there again and that's always my thought and i can't wait to feel that again on sunday i'm like pick out where i'm gonna like live and do all this other stuff before she even fought Holly Holmes, and it was just like this total disrespect. And now here she just, she got punished. No, <laughs> no, she she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. Which everybody saw, married, the whole nation saw her get punished. Now she's just like, 
you know, basically trying to tug on America's heartstrings to get sympathy for her losing a fight. I, I just don't have no sympathy for her. And my question is, do, do y'all have any sympathy for her? I, I feel like it's the same thing uh, with Cam Newton. Like, you can't celebrate and talk trash and dance and, and carry yourself the way that she did when you're winning and then expect people to feel sorry for you when you lost. Yeah, she she definitely was fishing for for the love and support. And, uh, you know, by throwing that, I thought about killing myself, you know, throughout the whole ordeal. Like, that's going to spin and change, like, everything or everybody's perception of her because she made those, those statements. Now, I realized that, like, women just in general, and I don't want Batman to throw stones at the, at the podcast. Be careful. Women, women in general, not in every case, but in general, are softer in nature, are more, tend to be more emotional in nature. Um, and because of those things, like, it's okay for women to like, kind of put their guards down or show emotion and cry. I mean, from a societal standpoint, like that's that's normal. You know what I'm saying? Now, if a guy is boohooing and crying on the jump, that's a little, that's a little different because <laughs> Just the the uh, you know the expectation is like you know suck it up be a man and different things like that and it's really shunned upon for men to like kind of show emotion or whatever. But uh, Ronda Rousey, she had been just like talking reckless, going off the handle, doing all this other stuff, and she's really like not shown an emotional side of her. She's kind of been like you know neutral, and so to me this was like. This is all all the I don't want to say publicity stunt, but I'm up until this point, like you haven't shown any real like true emotion for real, for real. But since somebody knocked you out and slept you, now all of a sudden you're like humanized and you're just like boohooing and you're just you know trying to like basically like I'm like everybody else. I'm just, I'm like a woman too and just really trying to garner the 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 support of like you know the people and I just I, I just not buying it and I, I don't actually I actually not don't too much I don't really uh I see through the BS that's what I'm trying to say I see through the BS like people can can you know she trying to get back in the good graces of people but I remember you talking greasy like that's not hasn't gone anywhere like I remember how you was talking greasy and I'm actually put to put some of the, the comments you you made on, on the on the podcast so people can hear exactly how you be going for real because they be switching and do 360 and, <laughs> and all that like no I'm not buying it Jeff what, what you got to say about the whole the whole uh, Ronda Rousey situation yeah I yeah. mean like the, the thing about it is <clears throat> like I see both sides of, the, of this in terms of from the standpoint, like, I could easily see, you know, why you feel that way. Um, from the standpoint, like, the, all the trash talking and the things that she has done. But, like, for me, it, could she probably be, you know, or have been more of a sportsman, like, when she was winning? I mean, I guess she could have. But, like, that's what fighters do. Fighters, you know, talk trash. They they have to, you know, make the fight big. Like, they, for people to come check it out, they, you know, they have to big up their fight. You know what I mean? Get to bring that notoriety to it. It's kind of like what the cat on the men's side, Conor McGregor, uh, McGregor, McGregor, excuse me, is doing. So, I mean, she did all that. A lot of that was for show. So, like, and I think the reason is how she got beat, like, in terms of when you bring us to, like, right now with her, you know, going on Ellen and doing all that. Like, she got beat up, like, so bad. It'd be one thing if she just lost. I don't think it would have been that. But the fact that, like she said, that's all she had. Like, because you got to understand, too, they, that came out. They said that her father committed suicide. So this is something that, you know, it runs in the family or has happened in the family. So when, when, when something like that has happened so, you know, close to you, it's hard to say, you know, to kind of just dismiss it all. So I don't think you could really be insensitive. It's one of those touchy type subjects uh, or whatever. So, I mean, that's kind of like my whole take on it. Well, this is this is a and and I I I feel you on that. I, I I definitely agree with a lot of your sentiments. The only issue that I have, and this is this is where my my brain, this is how my brain works when I'm like putting puzzle pieces together. 
before she started like talking about the whole thing, she was like, you know, you know, I fought three times in nine months and I'm not making an excuse, but you know, that's never been, I don't know if that's ever been done before. To me, that's like the, that's like the prequel to like setting up your excuse. Like, and, and people, you know, they, they make the statements, oh yeah, I, I'm not trying to make an excuse, but boom, boom, boom. And then they kind of lay down their excuse, but then they try to like get you to not think it's an excuse. To me, it was an excuse. Like she was trying to like explain why she got beat up and then then like had people sympathize with her in her position. Now I know that if her if her if her parent has committed suicide, I'm sure that I I, I believe that that next day in, in the hospital or wherever she was getting treatment, she probably thought about suicide. I mean, that probably was a real thought. I'm not even denying that. But I don't I the way it was, the way the interview went, and how it progressed, and how she just kind of like just fell into tears of the of the like almost like this is my cue, and then like basically like <laughs> just fell into tears. It just didn't seem genuine to me. To me, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, other people can feel differently about it, but to me, it was disingenuous because I felt like it was a it was a stage and where she could that 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 uh that act will work. Like she was on Ellen DeGeneres and that act worked for her. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if she did that like on a, on a po- like a post fight interview or something like that, or, you know, just with, you know, uh, the UFC or something like that. It just wouldn't fly off the same. So yeah, I, I just don't, I just can't, I'm not buying it though. I'm not buying it. I was born, I was born at night, not last night. So I, I, I peeped through the, the funny business. I see through the blinds and, and I know a lot of people probably like you're being you're being so insensitive. Like, like I'm like, look, have you ever been knocked out before? I'm sure you think about like it'd be a bad day for you too. Somebody punish you in the streets, sleep you, hit you with a roundhouse kick, and you go to sleep for two minutes. You wake up, young, it's gonna be bad for you too. You'll have you'll be feeling bad. You'll be like, I can't believe this happened. All these things will race through your mind. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And then she, you know, nah, nah, nah. So that kind of took some of her, her, like her likability points away from me. Like, cause I like Ronda Rousey. I thought she was a. She's a. I think. I still think she's a great athlete. Then she, you know, has a lot to offer to the sport. But to me, I just, to me, that was acting. Like that was like part of her. Like you know how she doing these movies. She trying to get into. To me, that was just part of that. Um, like, like she knew when she was going on the show, like, I'm just going to cry. I'm going to talk about this. And then I'm going to cry. Like it, it, I, I, yeah, I'm not buying it. Um, other trades today, and we kind of jumping around today, but this is how we, we doing. You remember that, what's that Cypress Hill? Jump around, jump up, jump up and get down. That's, that's how we rocking today. Uh, Jeff Green for Lance Stevenson. That's a good trade. I hate I mean, Lance Stevenson. His game, his yeah, it's like fell way off since uh, since uh, Indy, and you know that's when people are trying to bring it all up. Like that's the cautionary tale for the people that leave. You know when you got a good thing, but shit, you gotta get that money. You know, so. Uh, I, but as far as the trade, them one for the the swapping, I mean. It might, it might help. It might help the Clippers. You know, we'll see how uh, how Jeff Green fits into uh, what Doc is trying to do out there, and, and um, whether you know having Chris Paul on the team helps uh, Jeff Green out more. So I think that might be. You know, it's a good gamble uh, for for the Clippers. Yeah, I like I like Jeff Green. I like Jeff Green. I think Jeff Green got game, and he he'll actually be you know come to be a pivotal piece for them. When they get into the playoffs, um, I mean Jeff Green has always. I mean he missed that that when he started out with OKC, he missed that year because of the what was his heart? He had the heart problems or something like that. But uh, I mean since he's come back, he's kind of you know found his way and started to get back into stride. I mean even when he's at Georgetown, I, I like Jeff Green's game. So I think from from a Clipper standpoint. That that's a good look for them. They add. I feel like the Clippers always have a good team. They just I don't know why they can't can't win. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? They got players. They got hoopers. Um, and, and I don't feel like they have, like, you know, some teams may have, like, too many scores or too many, you know, bigs and not enough scores or whatever, like, the imbalance. I feel like the Clippers have, like, a complete team. They got a nice point guard who can score. They got a shooting guard who's a shooting guard. They got, you know, I mean, their, their three spot is a little old, but you can throw Jordan Crawford. Um, Jamal Crawford in that spot and he can score you know they got they got bigs when Blake Griffin come back right there so I mean the Clippers have a good team and Jeff Green's gonna, gonna help them but Lance Stevenson on the other hand like I mean I thought he was overrated when he was with the with the uh, Pacers um, and now it's just is he some trash is, is that what it's come to he's just some trash Ever since that blowing LeBron jump, I feel like the Bama ain't been the same. Like, like it just, it's it. His career is going down the toilet. It reminds me of another Stevenson. Remember the other Bama, Deshaun Stevenson? He used to play with us. LeBron took his soul. Yeah, supposedly a lockdown defender. And then he got cooked. LeBron cooked him. Everybody cooked him. Kobe cooked him. And now he out of the league. Yeah, I mean, I guess if your last name Stevenson, you know, that's a that's a curse right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Whatever trades, whatever trades went down today. I feel like last year it was a bunch of trades. This year, man, it wasn't nothing going on. Everybody scared to pull the trigger. Uh, another the word on the street was that. Uh, <laughs> I saw this on Bleacher Report, but that uh, James Harden was trying to get Dwight Howard out of that jump, and Dwight Howard was went to the gym and tried to get James Harden out of off the team. Like they went behind each other's back to try to get the other one traded off the squad. Kind of funny business is that. I wonder how that's going. That relationship's going to end up. Do you think? And this is this is a little off topic, but do y'all think James Harden will ever like win in the league? Like, would you build around James Harden? Uh, Jeff? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, he's gonna have to change up how he plays uh, or whatever. Like, the way he plays, it's fun to like watch and see him do all the moves. And you know, he has one-on-one moves for days. You know, and can get his own shot anytime he wants. So that's fun to watch, but. It's not conducive to winning basketball. I mean, because the rest of your teammates, they kind of stand around and watch you. And it doesn't really have flow. And then also, uh, he's got to pick up defense. I mean, you can't play no defense and and expect that your team is going to be a championship winning team. So, I mean, he's a a big-time player in this league, but he still has a lot more to prove to, you know, for me to personally think that you can win with him on the team as far as win at all. Like Jeff said, not with the way that he currently plays. I feel like maybe in the second phase of his career, um, he might be able to tag on to another team that's missing a score or something like that. But the way he plays right now with him being the main player, it's going to be hard to find uh, the type of guys that he would have to play with to be able to win a championship that way. Yeah, I mean, James Harden, is a, he's a bona fide scorer. But... I, and it's not even that he's selfish. I just think that it's a lot of things with James Harden. One, I think one of the things that's hurting him and what makes you know his numbers so good from the outside is that he doesn't have like good coaching. Like I, I think th- his situation is a situation where he kind of needs good coaching because he dominates the basketball too much. Like he has the ball in his hand like too much. And I think that that allows for teams defensively to really just, like, it's easier for them to play defense when they know that this person is just going to come down their ball and either jack a shot or try to, like, get to the cup. And there's no, there's no, you know, you know, you might have one high screen and roll, but for the most part, this person is just going to dominate the ball. And if you stop them, then you stop the whole team. And... You need a coach to run schemes and sets and different things where you can't really do that. You just, I mean, you just don't. I mean, Steph, we look, look at the Golden State Warriors. That's that's a prime example. They have Steph Curry, who could, if he wanted to, dominate the ball all the time. 
every play, every possession, he could dominate the ball, but he doesn't. I mean, he gets the ball in his hands and he's able to score, but for the most part, like that team utilizes each other. They know that when the going gets tough, they can always rely on Steph, but defensively, you can't even, I mean, besides the fact that he can shoot two steps in front of half court, but you really can't like defend that because if you bring two out on him, He's going to make the pass, make the extra pass. You know, he has, you know, the ability to dribble the ball exceptionally well. So it just defensively, it just, you can't just home in on Steph Curry. You can't because Draymond Green will beat you. Uh, Klay Thompson will beat you. Uh, Barnes will beat you. Like, you know, that's how they do. But the Houston Rockets, who, who else they got? Like, Clint Capella. I told you Dwight Howard is a, a, a toy from the dollar store last episode, so I, I just, you want to rely on him? You know, one game he played, the next game he out with knee, knee problems. So, I, I mean, yeah, they, they, they I don't think they, they will not win it, especially in the West too. Now, if he was in the East, I'd probably give him a, give him a shot, but not in the West. There's too many good teams, like, and I mean like teams out there. Uh... Lastly, on our docket today, and we we finish off with the with the football. Kirk Cousins. A report came out that Kirk Cousins and the team are uh, basically at odds to some degree on establishing a contract. Um, report is that the team is looking from anywhere from 16 to 18 million to give him a year, and apparently he's looking for more than that. Now, I don't even know, all these reports, I, I can't even tell you like how true they are, the validity in them or, you know, I don't even know. But if it is true that he's wanting more than 18, 19 million, like he's tripping, he's tripping. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Bro, I'm out, man, that nigga's tripping. That's the bottom line, he's tripping. Um, there's a lot of people in this area that think he deserves to get the big max max contract. I'm not one of those people. I know Aaron ain't one of those people. Jeff, are you one of those people? You think Kirk Cousins needs uh, deserves the, the the big max max dollars? Man, you know I'm not one of those people either, dog. How long we been covering this? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those things where I think people have to just you know realize at this point that um basically it just is what it is as far as what the quarterbacks are going to get paid in the league so like the quarterbacks like the nfl decided that a long time ago that the quarterback would be the highest paid position and clearly the teams and the gms don't know who they should give a bunch of money to or who they shouldn't so i mean we're going to see it time and time again as we move forward throughout the years players getting all this money that they don't deserve not living up to contracts so i mean based on the one year he, he hasn't done enough to get a long-term deal like that's all we have to go on so no I'm, I, I you know they're not doing the wrong thing Aaron, so if they give him that do you think a deal gonna get worked out before the uh before they have to franchise tag him or you think it's just a foregone conclusion he gonna get the franchise tag yeah, I think we talked about during the season that he was going to get the franchise tag. And not only that, that's the best decision for the team. The fact that he's uh, playing his leverage the way he is is going to end up benefiting the team because they need to see him another year uh, be able to do the same things, um, again, with the tougher schedule after winning the NFC East. So I'm glad he's playing it the, and his agent are playing it the way they are. Um, it's only going to benefit the team. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people think that the numbers are only going to go up if he does get franchise tagged and then they keep him on the roster for another year. Like after after next year, you know, basically he'll go to free agency and then he'll get the big bucks. Um, because I, I guess when you look at the history or the past, a lot of these players have that have gotten the franchise tag, you know, Mike Vick, some some other players um, that once they gotten the tag, then the team had to like break the bank for them. Um, I don't. I actually don't agree. I think that the team 
it is the best move of the team to franchise tag him if you can't do a deal that's reasonable. I don't know what the numbers are that he's really asking for, but I mean, if you're going to do a deal, I think maybe five years for 80 million is is reasonable. You know what I'm saying? Any more, anything more than that, I think you're 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 throwing money in the trash can because he's not. To me, he hasn't done anything to prove that he's better than Andy Dalton or like Jay Cutler or a lot of these young, you know, quarterbacks in the league. Right? I mean, he just just hasn't. And you can't. You will set your franchise back by giving him a, a heap load of money before he's actually earned it. Um, next year, if he if he played, let's say. The thing is, this is what I believe. Now, I'm only saying this because people always be like, man, you think Kirk is sorry? Kirk is not, he's not trash. I'm like, look, this is how I feel. He played great this year, but he won't play that way next year. And that only brings his number down. So, I mean, it's going to bring his number down. If if, if he stands, to, if they if they come to the table, and I don't know, I mean, I guess Chris Cooley is, is his butt buddy, so... Uh, what he was saying probably is true, but he was like, if they came to the table with the the eighty six million deal, you know, for four years or five years or whatever, that that Kirk would take it. Now, I don't know, because I mean, to me, that sounds like something that the Redskins will will be willing to do. So if they're not doing that, that means that they're way under that. So they trying to do like what three years, forty five or something like that. What what what? What do you think Kirk Cousins is worth? That's a better question. What would you give him, Aaron? I wouldn't give him anything. I'd let him walk, but that's me. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I think he's worth in this market is probably like they were saying, 16 to 18 mil. I think that's fair. Because the last, mm-hmm. the Jay Cutler deal, and I can't remember who, and the Andy Dalton deal were similar. It was around 18 million. I don't think he's better than either one of those guys on his best day. So, um I think the 16 to 18 is a fair range. And that also speaks to Scott McLuhan and how much I trust him as the, as the GM of the team now. Because before, we would have let the fans talk them into throwing a, a whole bunch of money at them, probably six years, $120 million or something like that, uh, fully guaranteed. Um, and then we would have ended up stuck with the guy who's going to end up showing up next year. Yeah, man. It's a new day. Jeff, how much you look? I don't even think... I don't even think, like... Like, I don't even think that that's fair, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like, even when you mention those other guys, uh, Cutler and Dalton, they had proven it over a few years in the league. And, you know, Cutler more than Dalton, but Dalton had been in the league, I guess, three years, and he improved each year. This is still Kurt's uh, first year, like, at the end of the day as a starter. So I don't even really think it's fair to give him that much, but that's just what the market is. So, like, that's probably what you're going to have to give him. I think what would probably realistically be fair um, based on what he's done would probably be about 13 million but like I said the market is probably saying 16 to 18 so for him to think that he should get more than that I mean I think it's silly I mean you play one year as a starter but at the same token I'm all for people trying to get paid so you know if your agent feels he could get you the money hey by all means go for it because we know like you said if, if he doesn't pan out then at least he would have got paid, you know, this, you know, whether it's this big year, this franchise uh, uh, tag check this year, or whether it's a, you know, um, a deal that's about $16 million a year deal. Like, either way, um, I think he, he, he knows what he needs to do. And I signed that contract. Yeah. Stop, stop playing around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably, he, he looked like he trying strong on the team. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that I just wonder how things would be different if if uh, he didn't have Coley in his ear. Like I just think things would just be different. Like you know what I'm saying? Um, because then I think he wouldn't be he wouldn't be as pressed to make as much money as he's trying to make. Because I thought they would have had a deal done already. Me personally, I thought a deal would have been done already. Um, you know, given the whole whole thing, the whole circumstances of how things played out towards the end of the season, but the fact that they haven't, I mean, I I'd be curious to see what the numbers are, and what they what the, what he's really asking for. Um, I, I I know it'll come out soon enough. Soon enough, we'll know. Um, 
a couple of things I want to add to that. Um, I read another article from an agent who was saying that it's not so much the money as it is the structure of the deal because they want to mm. kind of give him one of those Kaepernick, uh, Andy Dalton deals where it's kind of like year by year, even though when you look at the numbers from the outside, it might say five years, a hundred million dollars. Um, that, that could be a part of it, but the article we both saw from earlier and that I kind of think keeps getting reiterated by all the people in the know is that he wants more money than what the, I guess the Redskins are offering. Well, he's not going to get more money. I, I just don't see the Redskins budging or making that, that, making that leap. Like, I, I just don't think we're in a, in a, we're not in a position where we're that desperate to make a mistake or especially with a contract and signing someone long-term and, and putting all our eggs in one basket again. I mean, McLuhan yeah. was brought in to make sure that that didn't happen again. And as much as people from the outside looking in, they're like, yeah, you got to do it. You got to make this move. You got to make this move. Majority of people don't know football at all. And 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 I know for a fact, I don't know as much as, as Scott McLuhan. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, he evaluates every day. He's out. Like, I'm sure he knows more. So if they haven't come to a deal and he's, you know, whatever the numbers is and he's not budging on it, then I trust that. You know, I trust that. Never before have I ever felt this confident in that the Redskins were to make uh, uh, the right decision regarding a player. I've never felt this ever, like ever in history as a fan, thought that they would make the right decision, like on a player. But I'm, I'm pretty confident. I mean, up until this point, McLuhan has shown, uh, you know, the ability to, to draft players, to bring talent in. And I think he'll continue to trend, whether we got me or or Aaron out there jump playing quarterback like the team will it'll be players out there that that are good enough to win football games so um we'll see we'll see what happens with Kirk Cousins man I, I just I don't know what he's trying to get I don't know what he's trying to get I guess he figures he figures I mean if you if you think this is the best you're gonna do you can you gotta try to milk it for all you can even if it's at the expense of like leaving or, well, he won't. He won't leave. Um, I, if that would be crazy, though, what would you? What would you do if they let Kirk Cousins just walk? Like they was like, we're not franchise tagging him. We're not even signing him. Like we buy just, season tickets. We just let him walk. Oh, Yo, you buy season tickets. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, man. I, I mean, that's that's that's. I mean, the percentages of that happening are. Slim to none. I mean, I, I I'm sure that they're gonna at least franchise tag him if nothing else. But if they were to just do something like crazy like that, I wouldn't even. I, I don't. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know but what I'd do. He 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 needs he needs to realize, and I think he does. Him and his agent, he needs the Redskins as much as the Redskins need him. It's not like he perform. Mm. I mean, he had great numbers this year. By the time the season was over. But he's not going to end up in another situation with a head coach that's so tied to his success that's going to come mm. the way that he did and cater things to him and kind of spend everything. And then a guy who's up, like basically the head of the media train that's basically controlling a lot of the spin and the narrative that's out there, he's not going to find that anywhere else he goes. He's going to have a chance to start if he ends up getting signed to a $100 million deal or a max deal. But nobody's going to coddle him the way that the Redskins are going to. So he needs to be back here as much as everybody else feels like the Redskins need him. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. And for that, he almost is in a disadvantage. And that's one thing I think people have, I mean, that's one, I, I think that's one perspective that people haven't really looked at is that he needs the Redskins as much as like, you know, the Redskins need him. And I'm sure they're playing that game about who needs who more. But at the end of the day, I believe that he needs the Redskins more than the Redskins need him. That's just my, yeah, that's and my see, opinion. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. See, that's the both of you all's opinion. I'm not saying you're wrong, but coming from his perspective, like, uh, he, he's not at a disadvantage. He's a free agent. So he's going to get wherever they pay him the most money. If he happens to be a bum and he leaves, then, hey, he got paid. You know, so he's not at a dis- disadvantage at all. Let's get let's get that straight. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think like we don't know his level of confidence. We're just basing it off of what we feel about him as a quarterback. So, 
of course we're going to say that and it makes sense but it's not necessarily uh, the truth i don't i don't necessarily think he's at any disadvantage i mean like i said when you're a free agent and he came off the season he just had last year how could he be at a disadvantage but that but that, but i'll tell you i'll tell you how it's just like this it's like if i own a company over here and some other dude you never met before owns a company over there now he's gonna pay you more money than you gonna go over there. But if you can pay, you can get paid less money here. But you know the work environment, everything's gonna be set up for you. I'm gonna be here, like you know, working with you. You know, making provisions. You gotta take a week off, blah blah. You don't really have that I same mean, stress. That's, that's all it's fine. gonna be a lot of. That's, that's all fine. I mean, if you're about the, if it's just about the, if it's just about the bread, it's just about the bread. Then yeah, I mean, he's not in a disadvantage, yeah. disadvantage when it comes to getting paid. I mean, no. But when it comes to a, a team situation, comes to your legacy, it comes to to uh, your you, you being comfortable in, in a system that that is uh, suited for your 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 skill set. Like you just may not get that the next place that you go. And you, even though you, you might have not a coach that want to see you do well. Harold, you might not. Aaron, you might not. Yeah, you what? might. I mean, he, he might. He might. He might be successful. We, we just don't think he's going to be. But that doesn't mean he confidently uh, doesn't believe it. And at the end of the day, it still has to play out. So, I mean, you're talk. We're both talking in hypotheticals. So, you know. But how often if, does if it happen? About, though, I mean, it's happened plenty of times in multiple sports. Of course, it's, it's happened to bad too. Like we've seen it recently with DeMarco Murray, but it's happened good as well. It happens both ways is all I'm saying. So, like, I mean, we saw it obviously with Drew Brees, and I'm not saying he's going to be Drew Brees, but my point is is it happens both ways. It happens positively and it happens negatively. But, but this is the so, difference, though. This is the difference. Drew Brees was good when Drew Brees got moved. Like, I mean, but that's like, what I'm – but, Harold, that's the whole thing. So the whole, the whole debate that we're having now, like, with this subject matter is how good we think Kirk Cousins is. But when you base it off of what he did last year, for whatever the reasons are, you know, what he did last year, and then, you know, you, 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 you talk about moving forward, and like I said, based on how confident he thinks he is, like, I mean, you know, it could go either way. Like, I'm okay. not going to be right. upset if he, if he leaves, you know, but, but at the same token, um, if he stays, whatever, too, because I would, I want to see what he, you know, can follow up. Uh, this season with after all last season so um so that that's all i'm saying that's that's my whole point ah uh, yeah you know i'd be sicing anything i'd just be trying to all right what you want to say nothing no i just i feel like we argue in different points i believe i don't i'm not talking about from a success or failure uh standpoint at all um because mm-hmm. like he said regardless of what we feel it's our opinions and it still has to play out my, the only thing i'm arguing as far as advantages I've never, ever in the history of sports, and I watch a lot of sports, Harold, you can attest to that, have I seen a situation where a player was had his hand held and was coddled by the media and a head coach or his success was more tied to a head coach as this situation here. Like, I've never seen it in sports ever. So he's not going to – I can guarantee for a fact he won't find that situation anywhere else outside of the Redskins, and that's the only thing I would say. Like, regardless if, he, if he's successful somewhere else or not, like, I'm indifferent on him. But I'm just Got saying, it. from the environment, he won't be able to duplicate. Once that. they drop, once they drop that money on him, if they drop that big check on him, like they they gonna have to pull out. They gonna have to have after school tutors for him, whatever. He <laughs> need, like, they gonna have to make sure that he does good and he succeeds because the the media here is like. It's like the flu virus, young. Like when that jump take over your body, like you down for three days, like you can't. Like it, this city will, will go hamburger, no cheese. And this bad is some trash, and they pay a hundred plus million and get his back, and he riding around in, in Bentleys and Range Rovers, and the Bama can't can't complete a pass over fifteen yards. Bruh, he won't be able to go in and carry out in nowhere around the city. Like, I mean, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And I just. Man, he's not, he not hanging battle. out around in the city, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't want Papa John's to, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Papa John's, they probably looking for a new sponsorship. They probably, you know, going to sponsor Curry. I just don't want to see his life take a turn for the worse. You know, I don't want him like Ronda Rousey crying on Ellen DeGeneres, trying to get his life back because. 
you know, the, the, the DC media just went in on them. Um, yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. We're going to see with the, with the good old Curry. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, we'll definitely find out what's going to happen with the situation. And, and when it happens, we're going to be bringing right back on the show. Uh, next, on the next program, we're going to talk about Terrell Owens and him getting snubbed from the Hall of Fame because that jump really kind of is kind of blowing me thinking about it. But we're going we're gonna to say that for the next the next podcast. But uh, with that said, what you doing tonight? You going to LA Fitness tonight, Aaron? Yeah, I'm probably gonna get some shots up and go get some wings. Oh, you gonna okay Hooters? Probably. Okay, yeah, I might have to step out there <laughs> with you, dog. I, I just, I, I got a pass. Matter, yeah, you got I the got pass, pass tonight. So, yeah, I got the pass. No, I'm, uh, I got the pass. But uh, that's our show. Black Sports 980. Follow us at Black Sports 980. And peace. Shut up. Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me! How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about Let me speak! How does that do feel? That. How does that do feel? Do